Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Today we're going to be talking about free will, heaven, and the problem of evil, and we'll be joined by guest Leighton Flowers as we look at a video by atheist YouTuber Viced Rhino. Stick with us. If we're figuring out who's winning just by counting the number of souls impacted, Satan is winning and will ultimately win. There is something you'll hear in the gym a lot that is called bro science. And I, I like this Vice Rhino guy as far as I can tell, but there might be a little bit of bro theology going on here. Is this all just for show? Is it so that Christians can make money? There are charlatans out there. But here's a man who's suffering, and the reason he's able to release a track like this so soon after is not to make money. I'm confident of that. The reason he's offering this is because he really believes this. He's struggling with it, but he believes he's going to see his son again one day. Vice Rhino has over 50,000 subscribers on YouTube and uh, is pretty well known. He uses an animated uh, rhinoceros as his avatar, as you're going to see as we move on. But from what I can tell, he's a very nice guy. He even throws a bone to the people who made the video that he was responding to and says positive things about them where he can. Seems uh, like a, 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 you know, a guy that you could be friends with. Um, but he says things in this video that I think need a clear response. And as always, Vice Rhino, if you see this, this is not directed toward you. It's just directed toward the content. I'm sure, sure you are, from a human perspective and all things being equal, a wonderful human being. That said, we're going to jump right into this. But uh, I should say that we are going to bring in Dr. Leighton Flowers, friend of mine, and Jonathan Pritchett later in the show uh, to respond to one of the things. Now, I I also need to point out at the beginning that uh, this is uh, something like a 22 minute long video. I wish that we could respond to all of it, but it will. T this will be a three hour video if I respond to a 22 minute video. So we're going to get through maybe the first third of it and see where it goes from there. But uh, let's see what Vice Rhino has to say. If God is so good, why does he allow such evil and suffering? Good question. Now, in my opinion, even if I hypothetically grant the story of the fall as an explanation as to why the world isn't the perfect place that God created, it's still not sufficient to explain a good chunk of the pain and suffering in the world. Why would human disobedience cause disease? Okay, let's pretend that genetic disorders are a result of the fall and that can include diseases with a genetic component to them like cancer and whatnot, but what about malaria? Malaria is caused by a parasite, plasmodium. This would be a living organism that God created when he did his creating. How did Plasmodium survive before the fall? What did they use as hosts? Why would God create something that requires the suffering of other organisms, humans included, just for its basic existence? And then what about the non-human suffering? What about things like wasps that a part of their life cycle involves trapping its prey alive, laying its eggs inside of it, and having its larvae eat their way out of this still living organism? That's not human suffering, but it seems to me that if God designed this system, he designed it in a way that ensures that suffering is a necessity. And that's not even touching on the natural disasters. Why would human actions in the Garden of Eden affect the weather or tectonic activity? There is a lot about the system that God set up that makes it look like he wanted it to fail. And it seems unreasonable to blame humans for that. Now for many... Okay, uh, now before we go on, so, so we got a couple of things here. So um, he's, one thing to remember as we're going through this is he is doing an internal criticism, which means, and he wants to stress this later, he says, look, I don't want anybody to say that, you know, or misunderstand me and think that I believe in some kind of God. I don't believe in God. I don't believe any of this is real. But if I'm doing an internal criticism, if I'm granting it for the sake of argument, okay, so that's going to be important as we move forward. If you're granting it for the sake of argument, then that means that we're going to find out if you're consistent in doing the internal criticism. 
Oftentimes what I see atheists do is they put on the clothes of someone else's worldview in order to do a, you know, an internal examination of that worldview to see if it works. But at relevant points, do you realize they left the pants off of that worldview? They didn't put all the clothes of that worldview on. They're bringing in some of their presuppositions about the way the world is too, which doesn't allow the worldview to answer for itself. And it's not really an internal criticism. And we're going to see at least one example in a little while where I think uh, that's what's going on here. But he's saying that he's doing an internal criticism, and, and, and that's good. I think that's fair. So uh, that means that at our disposal, we have all the things that God could do and uh, that Christians believe that he has done and all those kind of things at our disposal. And uh, also, second thing I want to say as we move forward forward with this is that um, there isn't really an argument made here. Now, uh, we colloquially a lot of times say, well, what about Vice Rhino's argument or what about, you know, this guy's argument? Uh, these aren't arguments in the formal sense. It's not syllogisms and conclusions and things like that. It's not, it's not really like that. He's just throwing out facts. In fact, some of the times he's just asking questions. And as my friend Cameron Bertuzzi likes to say, questions aren't arguments, right? So um, much of what Vice Rhino brings, if we were to give it to him, it would not result in atheism. It would just result in a different view of God. And that's, that's a really important thing that we're going to see come up again uh, later on in the show. But so what does he say here? He says, well, okay, what, what if we granted you that it handles moral evil or whatever? Uh, moral evil is the term within theology for uh, evils that are done by human beings uh, or that are the result of something that human beings did. But what about natural disasters? What about disease? What about uh, things like that? What about wasps burying their, their larvae in another uh, creature of some sort and, and that whole thing? Um, well, okay, so there's a couple of things here. First of all, when it comes to natural disasters and disease and things like that, um, what the, so you've got various understandings of this, various creationist models here. You've got young earth creationism. Young earth creationism says none of that negative stuff was happening before the fall. No bad stuff, no death, nothing like that was happening prior to the fall. And when the fall happened, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, then uh, the fall happened and the ground was cursed for their sake. And the, many of them take that to mean that the, the physical universe, the cosmos, fell and became corrupt as a result. Um, that's part of the curse of sin. Okay, so that's how some would answer that. Well, what about old earth creationists and people like that? Well, what they would say is perhaps um, some of this was, uh, you know, stuff that existed prior to that. William Dembski says, for example, okay, if Jesus' death and atonement on the cross could have a backwards causative effect where people that lived and died before Jesus um, were atoned for by his future death on the cross, if it could, in other words, go in both directions, well, then perhaps the curse could go in both directions too. Uh, i.e., uh, you know, people, Adam and Eve, and, and wouldn't experience the negative effects of the fall, uh, but perhaps that stuff was already set up because there was an understanding that they would fall, and this is part of the, um, the curse as a result of that. Now, a position you could take is more like this. Uh, while there could have been a literal garden, it could be that there was natural disasters and all these other things going on in the world because much of that is actually good for the economy of the uh, universe and good for, you know, the functioning of the earth and things like that and uh, the, the ecosystems that we have and all that. And so that needed to be going on in realistically to have a good, a good functioning world. But so long as Adam and Eve or whatever persons were to come along were to stay in the presence of God, that 
they obey him. They go where he wants them to go. They do what he wants them to do. Then they just never would have encountered any of those things. Uh, that is a realistic way that per someone who takes an old earth perspective could, could go with that, I think. So there are multiple answers to this problem. Um, but the, the, the central thing is that I think young earth people and old earth people and everybody else is going to say is the reason that people encounter the kind of suffering that they do that we would call natural evil, evil that results in nature, um, is still because of a free will choice to disobey God, whether that's on a young earth model, model or on an old earth model. Uh, now, he brings up things like um, animal suffering, and specifically he brings up, I'm, I'm just going to respond to the specific thing that he brought up. I should point out that uh, John McRae of What Do You Meme responded to the issue largely of animal suffering uh, when we did uh, our four-man show together on Mike Winger's channel uh, as of this recording just last week, so you can go check that out there. But uh, just to use the instance that he brought up, so you've got a wasp that is putting its larva into another creature. Well, what is that other creature? What's well, something like a caterpillar, right? So what the vice rhino would need to do is to argue that caterpillars experience suffering and can really reflect on this. Now, we know that they have pain and they can experience pain. And I'll also say that while it's often given this, it's very, become very popular that Michael Murray's uh, suggestion and then William Lane Craig took it and kind of made it more popular, this idea that animals don't really suffer in the way that we do because they don't reflect on their suffering like we reflect on our suffering. Um, whether someone buys that or not, and I know a lot of people don't, uh, but whether you buy that or not, when we're talking about a caterpillar, some of these really uh, low, function, low cognitive function in the, these animals that are that low, um, you really need to make a case that that caterpillar experienced what we could realistically with a straight face call suffering when that happened. Okay, so uh, do we have answers to these things? Yeah, I think we do. Let's keep trucking. Many of you out there, this is a really personal question. Some of you are suffering right now. You're hurting. So we just want to acknowledge that a two-minute answer is not going to do it for you. I am gl okay, yeah. glad you took a moment to acknowledge that. That is this, a lot better than a lot of apologist channels that would simply encourage people. Yeah, he, he, he does some complimentary stuff here. You know, he's, he's telling them, hey, it's great that you acknowledge that this is a bigger question than can be answered in a simple video. And hey, I, you know, this is an opportunity to say something here. I think that there is a service done by the apologetic community and the, the Christian theist community out here uh, on YouTube that I, and, and even in the, in the scholarly world, that I don't know that we get that same respect afforded or appreciation afforded from the other side. Namely, um, when it comes to something like the problem of evil, the problem of why is there pain and suffering? If there's a loving God, why would he allow for pain and suffering and evil to exist? Um, or animal suffering uh, that we've just been discussing, things like that. The fact of the matter is, we are willing to say, Christians are willing to say, you know, we get it. That should give Christians pause. We should stop for a minute and, and not think that we can just brush that off with such glib certainty. We should step back and say, you know what, that, that's tough. And, and we're going we're gonna to recognize and sympathize a bit that even we as Christians sometimes struggle with the realities and, and have found ourselves saying, God, why would you let this happen? The Bible records people saying that. In fact, we're going to see uh, at the end of this video a Christian who is saying something like that uh, in the modern world about loss. But, but the fact is we're willing to say that. Now, do we think that we have answers there? Uh, 
Yeah, now we, we don't have as good of answers to the emotional problem of suffering that we wish we had, and most apologists will say that. But we do think we have intellectual answers to uh, how God is just in light of suffering. Yeah, we do. But, but, but here's the thing. We, we, don't, we don't act so cavalier as I think I see. When, when we bring something, a theistic argument, an argument for God's existence, like the Kalam cosmological argument, or a good argument from contingency, like he said, why couldn't it have happened like that? He's questioning, he's asking those questions like, like David would ask, like others, uh, every Christian who's ever experienced suffering would. But in spite of all of that, he believes that it's true. And he's, it's as real to him as walking into the next room that he's going to see his son again. I, I saw a Christian uh, celebrity, I won't mention their name because it would distract from the power of this, but talking about how his mother died when he was only a, a preteen. He said, I look forward to seeing, seeing uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to know her very well. I look forward to getting to know her. He didn't say it like, you know, one of these days, I'm going to get to ask all those questions. It wasn't like that. It wasn't some ethereal, spiritual sounding. No, it was realistic, earthy. Yeah, I, I want to learn from her. I, I feel that way about uh, Nabil Qureshi. You know, Nabil Qureshi, the uh, Muslim convert to Christianity, uh, friends with David Wood, friends with all the apologists who work for Ravi Zacharias Ministries. I never got to meet him. I've met a lot of those other guys. I've never met him. I look forward to getting to talk to, to, to uh, Nabil. I, I want to hear more about his story, and I will one day. I don't talk about it like it's some super spiritual ooey-gooey. It's real. It's real to us. And the fact that it's real to us makes something like this song, 21 Years, and Toby's experience and all of that, it's what gives us hope. We don't believe it just for the hope. You know, some would say, well, it's, a, it's a wish fulfillment, right? There are some things that people wish for that turn out to be true. Young children dream of their wedding day, and the day comes. Some people wish to marry a rich person, and it happens for some people. Some people wish to become medical doctors, and they become medical doctors. Some people wish to win the lottery, and they do. Just because you wish for something doesn't mean that it's not true. And do I wish for heaven? Yeah. Do I hope uh, for heaven? Yeah, that's where my hope is. I also believe I have good reason to believe it. And if you're out there and you no longer have that eternal hope, maybe you think, I've made peace with that. I'm over that because I used to, you know, at first that was a problem because I wanted to live forever. Now it's actually better that I don't live forever. Who wants to live forever? Heaven sounds really boring. Yeah, yeah, I've heard all that. It's junk. Ditch it, man. Here's the reality. There is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. That person that you love who is a Christian, you can see them again. You can live on. If you don't know him, you need to come to know him. Because when you're standing where Toby is, if, God forbid, that happens to you, or whatever suffering may befall you, you won't have to despair. Depression, yeah. Grief, yeah. Suffering, you better believe it. But not despair, because despair is a state of no hope. We have hope. I want you to have hope. When it comes to the end of the day, everything that Vice Rhino said, if we gave him everything he wants, it might change how you think about God, but it wouldn't make atheism true. We didn't hear arguments, really. We heard some good questions, questions that Christians ask. And uh, I'm grateful to him for that. But in the end, I think there are clear answers for people that want them. And more than that, there's a Savior who loves you. I'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.